You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Caught Zach by surprise there. He didn't know we were starting yet. Faraz and Zach are here. We're talking wide receivers. We're talking tight ends. Going into week eight, we'll be skimming through our rankings, talking matchups uh, to hopefully help you make some decisions going into Sunday. Uh, interesting game last night uh, between the Steelers and the Titans. Will Levis looked pretty good in the first half, you know, calmed down a bit in the second. But overall, I think he looked pretty good, especially given the Steelers' offensive line issues. A couple offensive linemen went down early. Um, if the Titans got the win yesterday, like, you're like, all right, like they're definitely keeping him in over Tannehill, right? Um, it's still a bit of an unknown at this point. I- I'm still assuming Tannehill won't be ready next week either. So I, I think he'll have another shot regardless. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. It seems apparent that Tannehill isn't the guy right now, right? And, and Levis is showing that he has something there. Yeah, he's shown that he has something that Tannehill doesn't. It's youth and it's intrigue and it's everything that you want moving forward for a franchise that's now 3-6. and six. Are they three and five? I don't know. They're multiple games under 500. I don't think the Titans are going anywhere this year. There's no reason to put Tannehill back out there like he's going to save your season. Even if you would make the playoffs, you would squeak in. Like, there's no reason to put Ryan Tannehill out there. I'm letting Will Levers ride. I don't care what anybody says. Sure, Ryan Tannehill might not be ready next week, but Levis should be the guy moving forward for the rest of the season, I think. Because, like you mentioned, did he look great? No, but he looked good enough. <laughs> you know, that was as good a performance as you could really ask for, given everything that was going on. It was like another sloppy game. It's always a sloppy game on Thursdays. I don't know why, but um, yeah. We, oh, I know why. Seen... Because it's the Steelers and the Titans. That's why. Oh yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was just tough. I mean, Will Levis. He had at the end of the day, you know, outside of the interception, if he had thrown a touchdown, you know, we would be having a different conversation here. Like, okay, this is a guy that could potentially be. You know, a starter on a weekly basis. I still think that's the case, but he didn't have four touchdowns this week like he had in his debut. I was kind of expecting him to come down to earth a little bit. It happened. I think moving forward, you don't have to worry about it. The Steelers, they were a good matchup for wide receivers, but it was just an off game overall. It looked like DeAndre Hopkins was going to be on his way to a big game, but then things just cooled off, like you mentioned, in the second half. Yeah, he almost threw for 200 yards in the first half. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, had, you know, a good amount of yards at the half. I think 50 yards at the half or something close to it. Um, right. And then, you know, second half wasn't as great. Um, on the Steelers side, you know, this Najee Harris, Jalen Warren thing is truly kind of what we saw from Zeke and Pollard last year, right? Like Najee getting some more volume, not as efficient, although he was fine last night. Um, and then Warren taking his 14 touches for over 100 yards. Uh, probably a good time to like potentially, you know, put Warren into like a little package or something, you know, in a trade. Obviously you still want to keep him because he's a elite um, you know, he's an elite handcuff. But right now he's no more than like an RB3 or a flex play. Um so he can become someone you can, you know, throw in a package after this game to go get your guy, you know. Um yeah. Kenny Pickett, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you who will levels look better than Kenny Pickett. Um, he, he threw for only 138 yards in this game. Deontay Johnson had 90 of those receiving, uh, seven catches on nine targets, 30% target share three games. Now, since Deontay has been back, he's taken over 30% target share over these three games compared to 18% for George Pickens. Uh, I did politely ask you guys to trade 
Pickens away before Deontay came back, and I hope you did. If you yeah. haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please take a moment to do that. The more people we have subscribed, the better this podcast can get straight up. All right. The more five-star reviews we have, the better as well. So if you could do that, that'll be awesome. And it will help us provide you the best content that we can. It really helps us out. So if you can take a moment, we'd really appreciate it. Is uh is this door closed on George Pickens, Deontay Johnson situation? Or, you know, is is do you think Pickens is, is this really a a product of the quarterback situation, the offense just not being able to support two wide receivers here? Is is that what the real issue is? And you know, Deontay Johnson's the guy they, they need to get the ball to, but like, you know, maybe a more capable quarterback, more capable offense can potentially, you know, have both these guys continue to be fantasy relevant every week. Yeah, more capable quarterback, more capable offense. I'm leaning into that there, that George Pickens would be fantasy relevant, you know. But when you have an offense like this, you're only throwing for 100 some yards a game. It's just not going to be something that you're going to be able to work with with George Pickens moving forward because Deontay Johnson, sure, could production swing Pickens' way every once in a while? Yes. But the usage, the utilization, the targets, I don't think they're really ever going to swing to George Pickens for an extended period of time, if at all. Because Deontay Johnson came back. I know, we've been pounding the table. Deontay Johnson, he's a target earner, this, that, the other. And we gave George Pickens on this podcast, you know, we gave him props. We were like, all right, you had some targets in the game where Deontay Johnson played, but he still wasn't 100% Deontay Johnson in that game. Now he's been 100% these past two weeks. He's completely dominating the target share. I have no worries at all about Deontay Johnson. It's going to be George Pickens now that you're going to be dealing with, do we put him in or not? You know, it's going to be like that Gabe Davis situation because... One week he'll have a great game, and it could come on very minimal targets. And in other games, he'll get high amount of targets, maybe at least compared to what he usually gets, and he'll have a quiet game. He's just going to be a really frustrating player moving forward. Uh, all of my takeaway here is that Deontay Johnson looks good. He finally scored that touchdown that he's been waiting to have since was it twenty twenty one? Last time he got yeah. in the end zone, they said it was Ben Roethlisberger. Like that's just crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Good for him, though. You know what this is called, guys? Regression. He had all it's those coming. targets last year. We talked about it all offseason, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, there's no way he was going to get those type of targets and not get the touchdowns that come with it. Um, it's very possible we see a situation where he just getting touchdowns all year long <laughs> because of the fact that he just didn't get them last year and he's getting the same number, he's the same amount of volume, right? right? So, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. A few injury updates going into the weekend. DK Metcalf practiced on Wednesday in full. He did not practice on Thursday. Something to monitor. Let's see what his Friday status looks like. Aaron Jones still limited, you know, means he'll likely be in a limited number of my lineups this week. I don't trust him until he gets that full practice. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really, you know, frustrating with Aaron Jones not getting these full practices in. He had a, he had a red jersey on, non-contact jersey on, on Wednesday in practice. Like, really? Is you know what I'm saying? Worse? Like, is that where uh, we're what at? What is happening here? What is happening here? Like that's a step backward. Like was he wearing that the whole time? Like the fact that they made it note of that. I, I, I haven't so. been paying attention really to what jersey he's been wearing in practice. We've known he's been limited, but if he wasn't wearing a non-contact before, like what kind of move is that? Like that's just doesn't. And why signal. is it non-contact? Like usually you see a non-contact for like a shoulder injury. You know, not an ankle. Well, right. not a hamstring. I mean, you know, like what is this? I, I don't know. Anyway, moving forward, Jerome Ford still limited as well. Really tough to say how this backfield is going to shake out this week. Like, if you had to choose, like, it's a good matchup against Arizona, right? Obviously, but like, if you had to choose one running back to start from the Browns, who would it be against Arizona between him and Kareem Hunt? 
Uh, I'm not going to overthink this one. You know, we were talking about Ford missing a few games this time last week with a high ankle sprain, and he ended up playing against the Cardinals. Not against the Cardinals, the Seahawks on Sunday last week. He was limited in that game, but even with one and a half ankles, you know, Strong was at still part of a three-way split. There was no clear leader. There was three running backs, Kareem Hunt, uh, Pierre Strong, and Jerome Ford. If the Browns aren't willing to give Kareem Hunt or Pierre Strong a larger workload with Ford playing at less than 100%, I don't think there's really going to be a case for that happening moving forward once Ford is healthy you know hunt he's been scoring touchdowns though it's close so you know he's been fantasy relevant the past couple of weeks but i'm gonna go with Ford here based on what i think will be a clear advantage he'll have in terms of volume in a strong matchup like you mentioned against the cardinals all right there it is um speaking of the cardinals amari de mercado missed practice on wednesday and thursday with a toe injury if he doesn't go Keontae ingram would likely be the back that replaces him but i'm not sure i would put him in my lineups this week in a tough matchup against the browns uh only if you're super super desperate Kyler Murray's off the injury report. Uh, we still don't know if he's starting this weekend, though. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll see. Um, if he does play, he's my QB 14 for the week. We'll see. And in yeah. like this week with all these buys, with all good quarterbacks on buys, like if you want to throw him in your lineup, go for it. I Matthew Stafford still. Yeah, I hope so too, dude. I hope so for by Trey McBride shares, by Hollywood Brown shares, uh, James Conner. You know, there's a couple <laughs> fantasy relevant guys here. You know, Michael Wilson, yeah. like, what if he pops off, you know, at some point with Kyler Murray? You never know. You never it's, know. The whole dynamic could change. 100%. He, Michael Wilson is dealing with a little bit of injury, though. Just keep that in mind. But this is more for his <laughs> prospects once Kyler Murray's back. Right. Matthew Stafford still hasn't practiced. Uh, my guess is that he won't play this week. You know, they have the bye coming up, right, in week 10. So mm-hmm. if I were them, I would, you know, especially since it's just a sprain and he can be, he's day-to-day. Um the head coach did also say that he's not a candidate for IR, so that's good. Um, my guess is that they're going to shut him down until after the bye. So in two weeks, right. you'll see him. I'm still starting Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, right, as top 18 options, like both of them, right? It, it is what it is. Like, you know, we can assume that Cooper Cup is going to be the guy, but like Puka Nakua has also seen a very high target share, like over the last several weeks, right? So right. Um, but you want, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of unknown here. Uh, Brett Rippian coming in. It's just not great, but you know I'm still starting both these guys, right? Do you have the sense that one of these guys could have a game where it's just like they're quiet? I mean, I know they both had a quiet game. Oh yeah, last week one hundred Dallas, but like, could it be one that's of those situations kind of what I'm where predicting, you know, actually? Yeah, 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 that's where you're at because it's like it could be Cooper Cup, it could be Puka Nakua. I don't know if I trust Brett Rippon to support two top eighteen right. wide receivers. We're gonna have them both ranked there just based on what we've seen from this offense. I still think they're gonna be pass first, but. You know, Brett Rippon is a completely different animal than Matthew Stafford. So for me, one of these guys is on thin ice. You just don't know who it's going to be, but you can't not start exactly. them with the production that they've had. We're, we're both ranking them as top 18 guys, but we're not expecting both of them to finish in the top 18, right? If that yeah. makes sense. We, you know? we, can't, we can't tell you which one might get the short end of the stick this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do have, I think both of us have Cooper Cup ranked higher though. Um, so, you know, yeah, and, and we'll get there soon. I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess, obviously, I don't know. Josh Palmer didn't practice on Thursday. It was his final practice, uh, first, I'm sorry, final practice, final practice of his career, first practice of the week. Um, so who knows what his status is? He did have to leave the game last week. Not sure if it's, if he aggravated that knee or not, uh, but it's possible that he doesn't play this week. Uh, to be honest, I'm like, you probably want to bench him anyway against the Jets, you know, especially with him, you know, given that knee injury. 
right? It's a really, really yeah. tough matchup. So it is what it is. That Drake London really, hasn't practiced. Really tough. <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Michael Carter, <laughs> and this is the defensive back Michael Carter, who mans the not nickel the for the Jets. Yeah. You're not the, not the, yeah, they have two Michael Carters on their team. Do you remember when the Jets had a Lamar Jackson? Yes. Well, was it Lamar Jackson? And they said... It was Lamar Jackson. Somebody, somebody had yeah. a Lamar Jackson, and I remember they put it up. He went on IR or something. They put Lamar Jackson going to IR, and everyone yeah, was up yeah. Because they were like, I think, I think, I had think a little context. Adam there. Schefter, Adam Schefter tweeted that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, so I was like, <laughs> come on, dude. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he plays for the Panthers now. He was an undrafted free agent uh, on the Jets last year. Um, so yeah, the, Michael Carter II. He he's a he's a nickel corner. He's also playing very well as well so you know the you know the, the nickel was like the the spot you know cd lamb dominated against the jets out of the slot so it's like it, you know it really depends what you play but josh palmer isn't cd lamb so right drake london <laughs> hasn't practiced on wednesday or thursday with the groin injury uh very possible that he misses this week and taylor heineke uh would be potentially down one of his weapons it's a good matchup for him but like he would be downgraded as well if if london can't go uh, my guess is that they're going to keep London out. It's a soft tissue injury. You don't really want to mess around with it. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts would definitely get an upgrade, though, if London misses. Okay. And we're going to get to where we have Kyle Pitts ranked uh, in our tight end rankings in this episode. Yep. Damian Pierce missed two practices this week with an ankle injury. If he misses, Devin Singletary would be a low-end RB2 start for me this week against the Bucs. Uh, not a matchup to necessarily like avoid. Like They're allowing over four yards per carry. They're allowing more than five catches per game to the running back position. So not bad, not bad. So you could throw him in your lineup if you really need the running back help. Darren Waller will not play this week. He's already ruled out. You know, get him out of your lineup. It is possible that he goes on IR. Uh, that news will probably drop uh, on Saturday if that does end up happening. The hope is that if he's going to be put on IR, like put him on IR now and yeah, not like... Let us know. <laughs> let us... Or like, you know, not like let him be out this game and then decide next week to put him on IR because then he's going to have to miss more right. games. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. You know, you want him, you want that to happen now if it's going to happen. All right, Zach, let's talk wide receivers. Uh, by the That's way, cool. our full positional and flex rankings are up on our website at upperhandfantasy.com. So go check that out. Uh, that'll be updated again today, uh, as well as actually, I already updated them. So that's fine. Uh, oh, <laughs> and also over the weekend uh, into Sunday morning before the Germany game between the Dolphins and Chiefs. So make sure to check that out for any last minute changes. While you're on the website, might as well sign up for the free daily newsletter that we send out to your email inbox every single morning. You'll enjoy that. And if you don't like it, you unsubscribe. It's completely free, and we have a feeling you're going to get a lot of value out of it, a lot of entertainment out of it as well. We both have Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and A.J. Brown in our top three and basically four, I would say. C.D. Lamb rising yeah. in our rankings as well based on what we what we saw last week, uh, but also because he goes up against a Swiss cheese Eagle secondary allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers overall and the third most fantasy points allowed to slot wide receivers this year. CD runs about 65% of his routes from the slot. He's potentially set for another huge game here. Yeah, talk about a perfect storm for CD Lamb coming off his best fantasy performance of his career. You know, like you mentioned, Philly allowing all those points to wide receivers. Fantastic matchup, like you mentioned. You should have that should have fancy managers licking their chops, you know, for a potential second week winning outing from Lamb in week nine. One interesting nugget that makes this matchup even more intriguing Dak Prescott has scored 20 plus fantasy points and has thrown for three touchdowns or more in each of his past three matchups against the Eagles, including one game last year where CeeDee Lamb had his second of two wide receiver one finishes in 2022. 
Lamb went for 10 catches, a buck 20 receiving, and two touchdowns. He's also seen 32% target share over the past two weeks, 96% catchable target rate in that time frame as well. With the Eagles allowing the fewest fantasy points to running backs so far this season, Dallas has to be dialing it up the past game, you know, going into this one. Attack the Eagles secondary early and often. I think Lamb has top five potential for a second straight week. He could be challenging for that top overall spot again. You know, he hasn't done that before to back-to-back wide receiver one finishes, but it's definitely in the cards this week if this game plays out how we're expecting it to. 100%. Sidney Brown, the Eagles' nickel corner, has been one of the worst in coverage uh, in terms of production against him on a per-route basis. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of crazy to me that, you know, secondary with James Bradbury and Darius Slay, you know, overall would be playing this bad. Right. right. <laughs> that is um, It is. It is. Uh, guys, to round out our top 10, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, uh, we both have him in our top 10. I've been getting some start-sit questions around him. He's in your lineup. Uh, if you're worried about Cooper Cup and Puka, again, you know, I think I'm perfectly fine starting, you know, him over those Rams wide receivers, like because I think like there's just more stability there, right? Like Indy's nickel defense has been solid this year, but it's just continuity for Thielen, right? C- compared to the Rams quarterback situation, like are you cool with playing Thielen over Cup this week, Zach? Like if you want that more of a sure thing, absolutely. <laughs> and that's because if you take away the name value of these players coming into the game, you know Thielen's the obvious choice, especially with the way things have gone past couple weeks. Since week two, you know, Thielen hasn't finished outside the top 24. He sprinkled in wide receiver two, three, and four finishes on the week. Game script has not mattered for Thielen. Matchup has not mattered. Even quarterback play hasn't mattered. You know, Bryce Young hasn't thrown for more than 250 yards this season. Thielen is averaging 20 points a game. Kenny Moore is a tough out in the slot, but at this point, Thielen shouldn't be coming out of your lineup moving forward. I do have Cup one spot ahead of Thielen this week because we've seen backup QBs dial into into their wide receiver ones before. But I have no problem if you're making this decision between Thielen and Cup and you decide to give Thielen the green light like we talked about it. Cup and Nakua, both of them have a floor that is much lower than what you're definitely going to get with Thielen. Thielen's floor is much higher. So if you don't want to roll the dice, you don't want to tether yourself to Brett Rippon this week, maybe just throw Thielen in over one of these two guys. I, I'm i in a league. So the league I have, I'm in with Austin Eckler. Not trying to flex here, but I am. I have both Cooper Cup and and Puka Nakua starting as my two starting wide receivers. And I have Thielen. I think he's my flex, but I have some other good guys on my bench too. Would you play Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen or would you just roll with the two Rams wide receivers? Because here's the thing. I could end up choosing the wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's really hard to figure out how that's going to play out. I think the way that you have it, you can play all three of them in that league. Oh, uh, let me see. Do I? Yeah, I do have Thielen you in my flex, so I, 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 yeah. I'm good. I'm good, actually. Yeah, I, I think I think that's, go. That's, that's the move. But if I had to choose, it would probably be like I said, according to my rankings. I'm just gonna you know fall back on that. I would put Cooper yep. Cup in over Thielen if I'd make that choice. But I would put Thielen yep. in over Puka Nakua. But that right. also isn't to say that Puka Nakua doesn't have solid upside this week. You know, it's exactly. backup quarterback. That's the only thing that's worried about it. But we've seen them earn a bunch of targets. It's just the the only thing that's changed with Pukanakua and Cooper Cup is their floor. It's pretty much fallen out from beneath them. <laughs> One of them might have a falling out and you won't like to see it, but that's where I, I'm at with these receivers. Guys like Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Devonta Adams, Jalen Waddell, Chris Olave making out our top 12. Um, Houston has let up a bit in the secondary over the last four games. 
specifically where Mike Evans runs his routes from on that left perimeter. They've been solid over the course of the season there, but they've allowed the six most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side over the last four weeks. Chris Godwin has a good matchup out of the slot as well. Houston's given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. Zach and I both have Godwin as a solid wide receiver too and wide receiver 18 going into week nine. Uh, by the way, the target shares between these guys are identical at this point. It started off hot for Evans, right? 30%, 26%, 40%, but it's cooled down uh, with Godwin picking up some steam, both at 24% target share for the year, according to Fantasy Life. But Evans, because of that touchdown upside, because of that touchdown upside, because of the touchdown upside, Evans is still the preferred start for me. Absolutely. And it's the same thing for me. Evans is the player with the upside. He's got three top 12 finishes this season, including an overall wide receiver two finish versus Chris Godwin, who's got none. <laughs> so it's amazing the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like this happened every year. It happens every year. Like they just fall into their archetypes every single week. Godwin has a nice floor week in and week out. Ceiling isn't really there, but that's what we've come to expect from him. And Evans is more volatile, but he has a potential to win weeks. And they just keep doing that same thing. So like, it's nice that they perform exactly how we expect them to. I do like Godwin's matchup a lot, working out of the slot, though, like you mentioned. You can't really go wrong with either of these two guys in your lineup this week, especially with Baker Mayfield playing pretty darn well. We'll see if Godwin can make it two in a row after catching his first touchdown in 2023 against the Bills last Thursday. So many questions around Chris Olave. He's in a slump. Uh, but it, it's not like he's been absolutely terrible. Okay, week six and seven, he still finished as a wide receiver. Two, week eight, he was bad outside the top 36, but I don't want to overthink it with him. Okay, the matchup is very good against Chicago. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. This can be his get-right game. Okay, according to Fantasy Life data, 27% target share, 40% air yard share on the year. In fact, his total air yards is only second behind A.J. Brown this year, right behind, right in front of Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Okay, so these are numbers that correlate to wide receiver one numbers. He's at a dip and he continues to be a buy before Sunday. And you should continue to start him and not get cute with it with these start-sit decisions that I've been hearing this week. Absolutely. I mean, look at the tough breaks he's had over the past weeks, too. Past few weeks also, you know? Multiple Taysom Hill games in a row. A bad drop last week. You saw it. That hit him right in the helmet visor. Rashid Shaheed turning into Randy Moss on Thanksgiving against Indy. Like, all that stuff happening is fluky at best. And like you mentioned, Olave continues to see that target share and area share right up there with the best in the league. I mean, these are Deontay Johnson numbers he's putting up recently. 34 targets over the past three weeks, no touchdowns, 13 points a game. And that's not horrendous production from him. It's just not meeting the expectations we had for him coming into the season. So has it been that bad? No. But it's definitely, you know, where you drafted him and the, the production he's given you, it's just not matching up. Hopefully it doesn't take as long as Deontay Johnson's did. But positive regression's coming. In a matchup against the Bears, who are getting torched on the outside this season, you know, it could come in bunches this week. Nico Collins has a good matchup this week as well. I have him at 15. Zach has him at 16. The Texans didn't play that well in Carolina. Uh, actually, didn't play well at all. But this week, they're at home against Tampa. Collins is averaging 131 receiving yards at home this year. And Tampa has given up the seventh most fantasy points on that left side, where he runs most of his routes from this year. So, And a little sneaky play in like super deep leagues if you need it or you, so you have some wide receivers you know, on by Noah Brown. Tampa Bay has given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year, and over, and they've given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks as well. He saw a 
target share and 19% target share the last two weeks. Tank Dell is back, right? And I am starting him over Noah Brown, <laughs> but something yeah. to look at in case you're desperate in a deeper league looking for a wide receiver on the waiver wire. Yeah, you definitely got to be desperate, I think, to put Noah Brown in. <laughs> I, I'm a Tank Dell guy, and I think Nico Collins, like you mentioned, he has a good week, uh, a good matchup this week. Noah Brown's definitely someone that's a fringe guy if you need to plug in, Not plug even in fringe. a hole. He's, he's uh, lower yeah. than fringe. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't really... <laughs> He is a very desperate start. Like, you know, we do this. Faraz does a start sit post every week, and he has those desperate starts. Like, I think that would qualify as a degree lower than a desperate start. I, I agree. 100%. But it's, 100%. It's, it's just a dart throw. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not in a situation where you need to do that, but I, I can see it happening. Now, there is a metric called weighted opportunity. We talked about air yard share. We talked about tar- target share with Chris Olave earlier, right? Garrett Wilson right. is number one in the NFL in that metric right now. He's my wide receiver 14 and Zach's wide receiver 15 on the week. We're back with Garrett, man. Great matchup against the Chargers as well. Uh, and I have some, actually, I have some extra notes here because I was preparing a little bit of a post on, on him. It's pretty interesting. Over his last two games since week six, he's a wide receiver 12 in points per game. Okay. 38% target share, 48% air yard share. Okay. That's number one awaited opportunity, like I mentioned. But overall for the year, his 33% target share is second in the NFL among all wide receivers. His 48% air yard share is first in the NFL among all wide receivers. So he's making do with the shitty situation that he's in right now. Zach Wilson right. is like targeting the shit out of him. And it's what you want to see, man. So like in in subpar scenarios, situations like he's in right now, you want this, you want wide receivers to come through like he is. Exactly. And for us, you, that wasn't on the show notes. That was all my notes on what I was going to say. <laughs> but it's, oh, shit. It's, it's 100%. You know, I, we have him up here for a reason. <laughs> this isn't a typo or anything, having up here as a high and wide receiver, too. You know, that's been one of the most reassuring things about Garrett Wilson's season so far is that the ceiling hasn't been there, but Zach Wilson's getting him the ball. You know, he's had at least a 28% target share in every single game, and he's scored double digit fantasy points in five out of seven games this season. He's taken advantage of two good matchups this past these past two weeks against the Eagles and Giants. He just had his first hundred yard game. Dare I say we're seeing some real chemistry between Zach and Garrett Wilson? You know, maybe it, it could be happening. The offenses look better. Granted, it was a tough one last week against the Giants, but they got it done when they needed to. These past two weeks have been games he can build on, and the Chargers have allowed big days from a few top receiving weapons this season. And like Alave, like you mentioned, Wilson hasn't scored since week two. And he's earned the third highest target share of any wide receiver in the NFL. He's due for a touchdown sooner or later. And this could be the week. Yeah, man. 100%. Um, let's see. I have Zay Flowers at 26 this week. Zach, you have him at 21. My issue with Flowers this week, it's a tough matchup overall. The Seahawks have given up the second least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. And his average depth of target is just killing me. His dot was eight in week seven. His dot was five last week. It led to a wide receiver 57 finish. I think he's more, he's turning into more of a high floor wide receiver three than a wide receiver two for me at this point. Over the last five games, he's averaging 4.6 catches. You know, and then you look at the next three weeks, right? Tough matchup Seattle, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I'm wondering if it's time to package him up off of the early production, off of the good games that he's had, off of the consistency in PPR and sell him. What do you think? Yeah. I'm in on selling him ahead of these tough matchups, but anyone listening to this podcast probably won't be interested in buying him with that bleak outlook you just laid out. <laughs> uh, you know, if they if they're listening, it's gonna be like, mm, I don't know if I want to trade for Zay Flowers now because he's got these tough well, matchups I mean, and all these I mean, stats. Don't, we're gonna get listen, if you're listening to this, don't buy. 
yeah, <laughs> you know yeah don't, don't go telling anybody about that either if you're listening to this, don't, don't know, say, hey, like, to... this is this is cool like upper hand fantasy podcast like you should tell them about it but like don't tell them about this episode i guess right i, I don't know how <laughs> if you can make it so you only certain episodes show up in their feed you know you'd have to pull some strings there i'm not really sure of but you know a few weeks ago we were talking about buying zay flowers you were talking about him being a buy ahead of a handful of good matchups after seeing that excellent target share to begin the season. And we've made it to the end of that string of good matchups and Flowers has yet to have a top 12 finish on the season. You know, not only and the air yard share, share was there too, right? Right. Like, yeah. When, not only when we, we both of us agreed on buying Zay Flowers, what was it, three weeks ago? Um, yeah. but since we then we're having a really good conversation about it. Yep. But since then, what happened? It it just it completely dropped after that. Yeah, he hasn't taken advantage of the good matchups at all. You know, you talk about the target share falling. It was 30% in weeks one through four. It's down to 25 in weeks five through eight. Average depth of target, like you mentioned, really low. Sixth lowest among wide receivers to run more than 250 routes this season, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report. The one thing he has going for him, though, his target share continues to lead all the Ravens pass catchers, even though it's come down, including Mark Andrews. And on a weekly basis, you know, that's all right. I'm going to cling to that a bit here because I don't think we've seen the best from Flowers yet. And with the way that Lamar has been playing, I think he can challenge to be the wide receiver, uh, a wide receiver too every week. I hear your point though. He might be more of a fringe wide receiver too, you know, in this specific matchup and in these next he, couple. He has like a high floor though. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly, why that's why I'm exactly. comfortable with him. This isn't like a uh oh, we're, we we have to put him down as a mid wide receiver three or worse, you know, like. He's still the top target in this passing attack. It just hasn't been there. They're not using him like they were at the beginning of the season. And he was better at the beginning of the season, but still that ceiling hasn't been unlocked. I think that's still a possibility. Like I mentioned, Lamar Jackson playing very well. So if he continues to lead the Ravens in targets, like I don't think he has to slip that far. And 26 isn't bad. You know, that's a high Listen, wide receiver three. I think that's a fine ranking. Coming out of week six, he, he had a 29% target share. Right. Yeah. So it's like that's what we you know, you, you look at, well, not only do you have twenty six percent target twenty I'm sorry, twenty nine percent target share coming out of week six and a twenty nine percent air yard share. Okay. Now if you look at what he's done since then, right, week seven and eight. Let me let me pull that up real quick. Week seven and eight, only twenty three percent target share and eighteen percent air yards, right? So it's come down a little bit over the last two weeks. So a little bit a little bit concerning there and like the floor is going to be there it's just it's just a little tough at this point yeah um now the playoff schedule is looking kind of sweet though right jacksonville Definitely. san francisco miami but like you mentioned he hasn't come through on the good matchups right he's had four good matchups mm-hmm. in a row now right so yeah. uh i might even take the lower on his yardage total on underdog it's sitting at 59 and a half uh, by the way, if you do choose Zay Flowers this week in your underdog pick em entry, whether you choose higher or lower, lower, you'll be entered for a chance to win $10,000, okay? All you have to do is go to underdogfantasy.com, enter the promo code UPPERHAND, and you'll get your first deposit doubled. Uh, you'll get a free pick to use in your entry, and you'll be entered to win ten grand. okay? So go check out all the underdog pick ems uh, that they have to offer on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, I'll include the link in the description for you, or you can just go and directly download the Underdog Fantasy app from your app store. Just remember to use the code UPPERHAND to take advantage of all this stuff. Uh, I moved Jacoby Myers down to wide receiver 34. Uh, this might be a little drastic. Um, Zach, you still have him at wide receiver 23. Maybe I'm overreacting here. Um, I think you're, you're, you're still expecting both Adams and Jacoby to potentially come through here. Uh, Jacoby does have the best individual matchup of any Vader's wide receiver this week. The Giants are giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on his side. 
you know, where he runs most of his routes from. Uh, I'm just not sure I trust O'Connell to necessarily get him the ball. Yeah, I hear that. But let me put it this way. Maybe I can sway you. It's a new day okay. in Las Vegas. At least I'm it's hoping that's day. the case. And that matchup is what has me optimistic that you mentioned about the right side being where Jacoby Myers has a good matchup. That's what yeah. has me optimistic about him being able to do his thing this week against the Giants. You know, Not to shit on Zach Wilson and the way he's been playing. He's been playing solid football. But Garrett Wilson was able to get it done out in the rain last week against the Giants. Same position. The week before, McLaurin finishes wide receiver two. Uh, no, wide receiver two. As a wide receiver 22, low-end wide receiver two on the week. I mean, the Giants have been a factory for low wide receiver two finishes from the right side these past two weeks. Like It's kind of written in the scripture right now. Well, that I, I will Myers say this, I will say this, though. All of Garrett Wilson's production, okay, all of it last week has been against Deontay Banks. Okay, all of it. And he shattered him, right? So Garrett Wilson did not have one catch or one target outside of Deontay Banks' coverage. And Deontay Banks is the good corner here, you know, for the Raiders, right? I'm sorry, for the Giants. Giants, And there's a good chance that he ends up shadowing Devontae Adams, too. And if Garrett Wilson can do it against, you know, you know what I'm saying? Now, I think Devonta can do it too. You know that's what I'm concerned about. Now the guys that you mentioned also are the wide receiver ones for their team, right? And you know, like you mentioned earlier, like you know, a lot of these rookie wide receivers, these young wide young quarterbacks, I should say, you know, really might just target their wide receiver one. So that's my right. concern, right? And we yeah. talked about it earlier this week as well with Christian from Catch the Blitz. Check out that episode. That was a pretty awesome episode that we did with him. Yeah. Him with our buys and sells episode a couple days ago. Um, but yeah, that's my concern here. But you know, listen, can can he finish as a wide receiver too, low and wide receiver too, like you have him? It's possible. He's been literally getting it done almost every single week. Um and the only time he didn't get it done was with when Aiden O'Connell started. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I don't want to just overreact and get hung up on small and skewed sample sizes that we've seen with O'Connell. Yeah. You know, in that game where he mm-hmm. had the minimal target share, he was under pressure the whole time. He got sacked six times by Khalil Mack. We've been over this. You know, we know how that yes. was. And at the end of the Bears game, O'Connell threw a touchdown to Jacoby Myers. So it's like there's not much you can take away from those two. You know, I think the matchup is good. Myers still has a very strong target earning track record in 2023. I get that panicking is easy. But maybe this whole change happening this week will be a breath of fresh air. I'm going to give Myers the benefit of the doubt here. If he has a quiet game, it, it's definitely possible. I'm not saying he can't finish outside the top 30 where you might have him. But I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here because to this point, he's only had two bad games. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books. You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right, so if you like a play, normally you will look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. I have Josh Downs at 24 this week. You have him all the way down at 35, Zach. Uh, Downs has been the wide receiver 13 over the last four weeks 
in fantasy points per game. He's had a 24% target share over the last four weeks. He hasn't finished outside the top 27. Is there a reason why you're down on him this week? Yeah, and the biggest thing for me, you know, I, I'm a big Josh Downs guy. I like Josh Downs. And I know that you were big on Josh Downs coming into this season before he was even drafted or anything like that. The thing about Josh Downs is he popped up on the injury report this week with a knee injury. And that doesn't really inspire confidence for me when that happens, especially considering he practiced Wednesday and he was a new addition on Thursday. He was limited. This is more of a correction in response to that report. But I think I would move him up to the fringe wide receiver two range like he's been producing at over the past few weeks if he does go. You're right. He's getting it done independent of the matchup. You know, Minshew's clearly has no problem getting him the ball. So I think I'm paying close attention today. We might be getting a report a couple hours here about Josh Downs, what he's looking like for this week. I'm paying close attention to that one. If he's limited, I might say, all right, I might say, we'll put him back up there in the rankings because it looks like he's going to play. But say this gets a little bit worse. He might have injured it, you know, midway through the practice. It would qualify as limited practice. If he gets a non-practice today, that would be something to monitor, definitely, because I definitely wouldn't have him there. So he's at 35 because there's a correction. This is going to be updated later in the week, <laughs> to, into the weekend, yeah. I should say. So that's why he's down there. But I, I agree with you. Uh-huh. If he's if he's playing, he health, he's healthy. I'm also skeptical, like, even if he does play, is he going to be at 100%? There's, some, there's just something to be said for that, and that's why I'm a little bit lower on him this, this week than I've been previously. It makes a lot of sense, man, because it's a tough matchup also. Um, now, I have him at 24 without even knowing this news. Okay, Zach's the one who brought it up to me here. So it, it, the fact that he hurt his knee on Wednesday and then got a limited on Thursday, and then if he gets no, no, limited no, on sorry. Friday, I... Yeah, it was he full participant Wednesday. Injured it yesterday on Thursday. Got and it. now today we're waiting to see what happens because it, it yeah, went down as a limited good. yesterday because he started because he definitely the started injury. the practice. So then he's limited. If this knee injury happens, I want to see if it's going to be a non-practice today because if he doesn't practice today, that says it's, it's a significant injury. And I wouldn't expect Makes him to a lot play of sense. at that point. 100%. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So be careful with Josh Downs this week, guys. You know, if it's a limited, good news, right? If it's a DNP, right. not good news. I think I might move him down from 24 regardless. Yeah, it, like, if even he's if limited, he does play, you know, I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. And it's a tough matchup. Like, you know, in, in the slot against Troy Hill, you know, Caroline has given the least amount of fantasy points to, to slot yeah, wide receivers sneakily. this year. Yeah, you, know? you wouldn't know. They're much worse on the outside. Um but yeah. Cleveland was the toughest matchup out of the slot two weeks ago. He still came through with the overall wide receiver four finish. Uh, Jacksonville was also a tough matchup for him out of the slot. Um, six least fantasy points to slot wide receivers that Jacksonville was given up at that time. He was a wide receiver 27 that week. So he has the upside, but this knee injury definitely is a concern for sure. So I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. I, I personally, like if he's healthy, he's, he's good to go. I'm probably starting him over Jordan Addison this week. We both have him around wide receiver 30 for the week. Still startable, obviously. Just a little bit worried about Jaron Hall at the helm. Uh, just a little bit of unknown there. Um, you know, where do the targets go? Like, is it going to go all the way to, you know, we have a little bit of a sample size. Two weeks now where Jordan Addison has get, been getting, like, this really, really good target share. Um, even though he was scoring touchdowns before, he wasn't getting the high target share. That's only happened in the last two weeks. So what happens with right. this new quarterback? Did T.J. Hawkinson get some? You know, there's some questions there. Um I have DeMario Douglas as my wide receiver 36. 
Uh, he's basically an afterthought in your rankings, Zach. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is out for the <laughs> year with a torn ACL. Uh, Demario Douglas should be rostered everywhere, in my opinion. Um, maybe 12 teams and up, I would say. Maybe not 10 teams. It's not necessary. There is some potential here. 76% and 84% route participation the last two weeks. 17% and 22% target share the last two weeks as well. 24% targets per route run. He's being used around the line of scrimmage a lot, right? If you think Zay Flowers' eight out was bad, Damari Douglas is even worse, okay? Um, so he's like a kind of a gadget guy at this point, more of a PPR play than anything. Uh, but Kendrick Bourne is vacating 21% of the target share. If Douglas happens to be good, which can be the case given the targets per route run that we're seeing, and, you know, kind of we talked about how I, I look at him when I'm watching him, he passes the eye test. I think he has a potential to be a top 36 wide receiver or at least a flex play. Um, also, this week in particular, the matchup, okay? Yeah. Washington's allowing some monster games to wide receivers. Like, wide receivers have gone for more than 99 yards seven times this year, okay? Seven wide receivers have done it. Um, they're allowing the second most receiving yards to wide receivers per game. They're allowing the most touchdowns allow allowed to wide receivers per game and the second most fantasy points to wide receivers per game. There was more, but I just didn't want to pile on here. Um, oh, I so I, I think, I think, I think Demari Davis, like if you really like, again, one of those desperate starts, like he, like who, who were we mentioning earlier about like the kind of like the really, really desperate start. Um, uh, Noah, Brown. Some, Noah Brown. Right. So he's like a <laughs> 14 teamer desperate start. I would say Demari Douglas is like a 12 teamer desperate start yeah I, I still think he's a desperate start but call me thanos maybe i treated him too harshly in my rankings you know those are all great <laughs> points maybe i'm still dealing with the scars the patriots offense left me during that brutal four-week stretch from weeks two to five they scored 35 oh, yeah. points total in four games oh my god you know, i mean i guess this is the new ab we're talking about here too so there's something <laughs> to be said for that but there isn't much of a production profile to work off of with douglas and in this patriots offense you never know exactly what you have they finally had some consistent production from Kendrick Bourne and the fantasy gods put an end to that one fast. They're like, we can't have that. There's no such thing as a fantasy relevant Patriots wide receiver. <laughs> All jokes aside, though, I think you're right. You know, maybe having him outside relevant starting territory, Demario Douglas might not be giving credence to the great matchup this week and the potential for new opportunity. But I'm just tempering my expe expectations for him because, like you mentioned, he's dealing with that A dot being pretty low. Could that change? Maybe. But the offense still isn't anything i'm super excited about i'm tempering yeah. expectations but you're right I, I think that maybe having him all the way down at the bottom where it's like you're not even thinking about him he should be on the radar and i, I think i'll rank him accordingly when i update the rankings there, there are a lot of wide receivers on by this week so like just seeing him at wide receiver 36 is kind of funny um right. <laughs> a couple of other like what the heck plays uh rashid shahid again you know great matchup great upside this week against chicago uh jahan dotson uh has been you know, coming on a bit lately. The Patriots have allowed the six most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Brandon Cooks against Phillies, again, Swiss cheese defense. They've allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks and over the course of the season. Uh, Tyler Boyd, a little bit of a deeper what-the-heck flex against Buffalo. Okay, good matchup out of the slot. Yeah. Some tough matches just, this week. Just, just oh, yeah, note, go ahead, Zach. Before you get yes, on yes. that, how do the Saints now have two of the biggest boom-bust players in the same offense? I mean, you have Taysom Hill, and now you have Rashid Shaheed. They're both completely oh, yeah. unpredictable. They straight up ruin weeks for players like Chris Olave when they have their big games. So now right. you're contending with two of those players. That's also going back to Chris Olave, the discussion on him. It just sucks the way the offense has played out, you know, these it past does. couple of weeks. But um, what the heck play just about sums up how we should be treating Shaheed from here on out. You know, this is how it's going to be. You might get something. It's like, I don't even know. How he's, it's like playing Russian roulette. 
<laughs> with your fantasy team, with putting Shahid in because he's either going to do nothing or he's going he's going to win you your week, that kind of thing. So that's where I'm at with that. It's also something else I'm going to point out. Brandon Cooks sounds on paper like a good matchup. Brandon Cooks has had exactly four targets in every game but one this season. So there's not a whole lot of upside, but again, in this touchdown. matchup, a, touchdown. a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, that's that's what you're playing Brandon Cooks for this week. Touchdown. That's it. That's all you're waiting for. Now, uh, w- one note on Rashid Shahid, Scott Barrett uh, from Fantasy Points. Uh, he-, he mentioned that um, Rashid Shahid versus zone coverage, uh, 2.68 yards per route run. That's the ninth best among 213 wide receivers. Um, they- the Bears, they play zone at the 11th highest rate in the league. Okay. So something to keep an eye on that, you know, this is an extra point. So if you're looking for that upside, that Rashid Shahid could be in your, in your lineup this week. Um, all right, some tough matchups this week. DJ Moore against New Orleans. They're allowing the second least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this week. He's my wide receiver 33. Zach's wide receiver 28. Seems like Zach's, Zach's one seems a little bit better to me. Tempering expectations on Hollywood Brown against Cleveland, especially if Kyler Murray doesn't play. Uh, if he does play, I'm moving him up in my rankings, rankings for sure. Let's move to the tight ends. The tight end that I'm highlighting this week is Kyle Pitts. Okay, I have him at seven. You have him at six. We both like him. Actually, I'm moving him. I moved him up actually. Um, you know, before this, before we recorded. So I agree with you. I think we both have him at six. Uh, Drake London banged up. You know, probably not going to play this week. Calipitz has been running out of the slot. He's been operating as their slot receiver for the most part this year. And Minnesota has been one of the worst teams at defending the slot. I think this has a chance to be a blow up game for Pitts with Tyler Heineke at quarterback this week. Might be the first one. We can only hope, <laughs> you know, but the situation, <laughs> it, it's different from any that we've seen for Kyle Pitts since 2021. This will be Pitts's first game without Drake London in the lineup over the past two years. So it's uncharted territory. We don't know what we're getting. Hopefully it leads to more targets for Kyle Pitts. That could give him a big bump in usage if that's the case. Hopefully, Arthur Smith, please listen to this. Throw the ball more to Pitts if you're going to have Drake London out. London's also vacating seven targets a game. I like Taylor Heineke's ability to push the ball down the field. So those two realities combined with Kyle Pitts, he's already seeing a decent target share. You know, we give him a lot of crap, but he's getting a decent, consistent target share so far this season. I think he has a much higher ceiling this week. I think the floor remains pretty much the same, though, given that this is an Arthur Smith offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping. That's what I'm doing. I'm hoping, yeah. I'm praying, and I'm putting him, putting him in my lineup. Uh, I'm still starting TJ Hawkinson, you know, pretty easily this week, despite the circumstances around the Vikings offense and quarterback situation. You know, it's like who you're starting over him. You know, that, that's really what it comes down to. Now, if yeah. you have Dalton Kincaid, you know, you know, more trust in that quarterback situation, like pretty amazing matchup against the Bengals, high scoring game. Kind of okay with it. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at it. Like I might be talking myself mm-hmm. into starting him over Hawkinson this week, you know. So right. I do have Hawkinson at three. I have Kincaid at four. Uh, are you, are you okay with that? Like, would you, like, if you were in that situation, you know, you just needed like the solid floor, like who, who would you be starting? Honestly, I, 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 I mean, might, you have I Hawkinson over Kincaid. Kincaid. Yeah. I might go with like, Kincaid now that we're looking at this, but they're both very similar. I, I think the upside that Dalton Kincaid has is right. equally equal value to the floor that TJ Hawkinson has. And right. neither of them are guaranteed to really have that type of production. So they're pretty much the same one. I think the main takeaway here is that nobody would blame you if you wanted to put Kincaid in over Hawkinson. So I'm probably going to side with Hawkinson just because I don't know what Jaron Hall is going to do. Maybe Jaron Hall's good. We'll see. (laughs) But 
Kincaid, you know, he had that big week last week and the week before. He has a good matchup this week. I'm thinking this might be a Gabe Davis game, though. I, I just have a feeling. And this is the type of analysis, analysis that comes into it. When you're having, when you're analyzing Gabe Davis, it's just like, I think it's going to be the week. That's kind of how his <laughs> season has gone. <laughs> All right. So we both we have both those guys over Dallas Goddard. Um, I have Taysom Hill at six. Um, I'm actually moving him. I had I have I had him at six. I'm moving him below Pitt. So he's at seven, actually. Taysom Hill's at seven. Uh, that's followed by Jake Ferguson. Then Trey McBride, um, and I'm you know with Taysom Hill. It's more like I'm riding the momentum here because it's a tight end yep. position, right? It's like the upside <laughs> is there. Right. I'm gonna just ride the momentum until it stops. That's kind of how I'm dealing with it, and then I'm gonna drop him like two weeks in two weeks. Like basically, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, yeah. But that's followed by Jake Ferguson, then Trey McBride. Uh, I think if Kyler plays, I, I would play McBride over Ferguson. I might play him over Taysom Hill. But I think that matters a lot in terms of like where I'm ranking Trey McBride this week because there's a lot of unknown uh, for the Cardinals this week. Yeah, and and that makes a ton of sense. There's that's the rational decision to make when you look at the way both tight ends are used in both of those offenses. You know, Zach Ertz and Trey McBride, both of them have more total targets this season than Jake Ferguson, and that's with McBride running 50 fewer routes than Ferguson this season. So if Kyler Murray comes in and he's a huge upgrade at quarterback, we could be talking about ranking McBride like you said. You know, a lot higher even than Jake Ferguson. I'd say there's a legitimate discussion to be had about him or Kyle Pitts this week if Kyler Murray plays. I, I think that would be a decision yeah. I'm making. And if it's Clayton Toon this week, though, like I'm tempering expectations. Murray should be back next week, if not this week. So don't take too much from this game if it is ultimately ultimately Clayton Toon and he has a tough game, Trey McBride. You know, yeah. I, I'm not too worried about that. The situation is going to be changing. He's going to have is see he was Josh Dobbs last week. It might be Clayton Tune this week. He'll have three quarterbacks in three weeks. You can't really expect <laughs> to take much away from that if you're Trey McBride. But he had a good game with Josh Dobbs, of course. Now Josh Dobbs is gone. There's just a little bit of uncertainty here. But I think Kyler Murray will be able to replicate what he was doing uh with Josh Dobbs. If he has a good game though, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. Um Logan Thomas is next up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Logan Thomas is next up for me. Uh, lo- some long shot plays outside of those guys because I know some tight ends are on by. Uh, Luke Musgrave has a solid matchup against the Rams. You know, a little boom bust, o- boom bust option. Uh, if you need to dig deeper a little bit, Gerald Everett maybe a little bit more upside. He should be back. He gets the Jets solid matchup given how tough the matchup is for wide receivers in that one. And then the other side of the ball, Tyler Conklin as well uh, as like a deep, deep, deep flyer with a few teams on by. That's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll be, I'll be back on Sunday morning on Instagram at 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, answering start sick questions and all that. I'll be live for about 90 minutes on Sunday. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Zach, appreciate you as well, man. See you later. And, and I can't forget our producer, Mike. Mike has been holding it down all year long. Thank okay. you, Mike. All right. Take it easy, guys. Have a good weekend. <laughs>